designers and curious minds. Ever wondered about the stories hiding within your building's walls? I'm Carrie Seaburn, structural engineer and host of Unstruct, the podcast that decodes and simplifies major concepts of structural design. Behind the math and physics, structural engineering simply predicts building behavior. Join me as we simplify the complex, making structural design accessible to everyone. Nowadays, instead of measuring it via cost, we're saying, well, what about carbon, you know? We've got two levers now that we can, if if an architect has an inefficient design, we can hit them with two levers if you like. (laughs) The official casualty figure is 55,000. Everybody I talked to told me that the actual figure is at least three times as much. And I believe that. I mean, seeing what I saw, Turkish codes are good and, and they have been improving, but compliance was completely lacking. Fluent in steel, concrete, masonry, and timber design, I'll bring you leading engineers to dissect the tails behind their building structure. Whether you're an architect, contractor, engineer, or just love a good story, this podcast is for you. Yeah, beam penetrations. That's a fun topic on this project. Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Unstruct. From within your walls, hear the story behind how your building stands today. Julia Morgan was the, was she Mm. the first woman licensed in California? Yeah. Yeah. Right. She was amazing. She did so much work. Burned all of her drawings. When she retired, she was like, oh, any drawings the clients had, they can keep those. But anything else, she was like, my buildings will speak for me. No, Julia. No, they won't, Julia. What are you doing? Yeah. Welcome to Tangible Remnants. I'm Nikita Reed, and this is my show where I explore the interconnectedness of architecture, preservation, sustainability, race, and gender. I'm excited that you're here. So let's get into it. Welcome back. A quick announcement before we jump right into the episode. I'll be doing my very first live show in D.C. in February of 2023. I am super excited about it, and more details will be available soon. But if you're interested in getting tickets, be sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at Tangible Remnants so you can be one of the first to get the details on where and when the event will take place. And so this week's conversation is another episode in my project series. Now for this episode, I'm defining project not as a building, but as a podcast. So this episode is focused on the creation and journey of the She Builds podcast. The She Builds podcast is also part of Gable Media, which is the largest and most engaged AEC multimedia network on the planet. And Norjuri, Jessica, and Lizzie started the She Builds podcast as a way to feature the seldom told stories of women who build, women whose worth is not taught in schools, but who have shaped the industries of architecture, construction, and development over the last century. They started the podcast after graduating from architecture school to basically help fill in the gaps in their education. You'll have to listen to the episode to get the full story, but let's just say I'm glad they accepted the challenge. As you'll hear, Jessica, Lizzie, and Norjuri are such engaging storytellers and are doing an amazing job elevating the often ignored stories of various women that have impacted the field. And I gotta say, I learned so much more in this conversation than I thought I would. 
There are so many amazing and interesting tangents and connections that we discuss in this episode, from Lena Bobardi to Florence Nightingale to the founders behind the Knoll Furniture Line. We also discuss who designed the chair for the Barcelona Pavilion. And spoiler alert, it was not Mies van der Rohe. And it was so much fun to sit down and talk with them because she builds and tangible remnants have similar goals of elevating often ignored histories and celebrating current practitioners. The She Builds podcast is streaming season seven now, available wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing. This episode in particular has fantastic resources and links to additional information. So be sure to check out the show notes and find out ways to learn more about all the different things that we talked about. All right, well, I'm excited to get into it. And so without further ado, I hope you enjoy this conversation between me, Jessica, Lizzie, and Nordry of the She Built Podcast. All right, so I'm excited to hear more of the origin story of the She Built Podcast. Um, I, I hear After that, that preamble. Exactly. <laughs> I hear that it's been told a couple different places. So I would love to hear more about what's, what made y'all start the podcast. Yes. Okay. I will, I will tell it for Nergidi. So Nergidi about three years ago was looking for a podcast about women in architecture, like a history podcast. She really likes history. And so she was specifically looking for a podcast about women in architecture and history mm-hmm. and could not find it. So, you know, she goes to her friend and she's like, Hey, I think I want to start this podcast because like, I can't find it what do you think about me starting this podcast? And he told her, this is a male friend. And he said, "Mm, that sounds cool, but I think it's maybe more of a limited series. Like, I don't think you could do a whole show out of that. Interesting. Yeah. And she was challenge accepted. And (laughs) well, now I have to do this show. Right. And so, uh, so she reached out to Jessica and I individually and then we we each said yes that we wanted to join and so like that's kind of that was the the start of it and that kind of thing and to be fair to this guy we we always say he's a huge fan of the show now so we we appreciate that and we always say that like we can't really fault him for thinking because i think even between the three of us right we could probably name five historic women architects before we started this podcast mm-hmm. so in a lot of ways like I think that was also part of the like the goal of the podcast, obviously, is to like bring to light as many women in the industry as we can. But it's also about us filling in the gaps of our own education. Right. Because like in school, it's very white, male, Eurocentric and American Mm -hmm. focused and that kind of thing, like in our architecture history classes. And so the idea that we could fill in our own like missing spots of education, but also share that with others and have these women gain more notoriety is like a huge part of why we started this so yes you're telling I love the it. story from now on <laughs> <laughs> so they remind me did much. you all so you, did lizzie and jessica did you two know each other before joining the podcast yeah. so okay. we have to give the origin origin story there we sure. go yeah that's the podcast oh. origin story <laughs> yeah so the three of us, we met freshman year at college at Syracuse. I'm wearing my Syracuse shirt nice. today. I met in a junior year orientation. And then Lizzie and I had freshman year, first year, first semester studio. 
Yeah. We, we sat a few desks apart. So, yeah. And then I like procrastinated a lot. So instead of working on studio, I just went to visit like different desks, all the people that I met during orientation. So like eventually, <laughs> like we just all, we just all got together and we've been friends ever since. Yeah. So, yeah. We kind of yeah. formed a group of eight women mm-hmm. who have like stayed really, really close after college and that kind of thing. And so, yeah. So now we've known each other for 14 years now, which is wild. Yeah. I know. Doesn't that number sound crazy? Energy? That is extremely crazy. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, feel I like, still feel in my twenties. I feel that. I feel that way until I'm hanging out with people in their twenties and I'm like, oh no. Oh, and should note that the Syracuse shirt I'm wearing, it is quite faded. And now it's like a really soft material because it's probably seen some time. Seen some times. <laughs> and so then when did you all know that, okay, it's going to be more than a limited series? So yes, challenge accepted. But what was some of the surprises that you were coming up with early on? You're like, oh, wait, what about this woman? And that woman? How about that one? Did you know her? Like, I think what are some of the connections? Yeah. So when we first started, we each picked ladies that we were interested in knowing more about because mm-hmm. the structure of the show is one person tells the story in one episode and the other two listen, chime in with extra information. So what we realized when we first started telling those first few episodes is that they were all the first at something like mm-hmm. the first to be licensed in New York, the first African-Americans to be licensed in California. And actually, Norma Merck's was the first in so many things. But, For real. <laughs> and that's when we started making those types of connections. And we realized that moving forward, we wanted to find something that connected all the stories. And that's how the seasons developed, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. But I think we were shocked at how many women we found. Like, the list is kind of astounding like we have so many women and yeah I think more of the issue we run into is finding enough information about women because you can find right. a lot of names right and a lot of women who were working and that kind of thing and maybe weren't super well known but like can you find enough information to write a whole episode about them and or especially too because we try to be not focused on just American architects and that kind of thing and sometimes that can be hard because stuff's in different languages and there's not enough in English for us to really find and that kind of thing but it's amazing I think very quickly we realized it wasn't a limited series like there were a lot of women to talk about yep for sure that's awesome and one of the things that I loved about some of the episodes that I listened to was the different connections of the women who knew each other where it's kind of like Mm -hmm. someone's actually like oh wait but this ties back to that design it goes like wait yes I yeah. love how small the world architecture, how small the world it has always been in architecture, it particularly has. for women. Yeah. yeah. And then in terms of how the podcast has been growing, what are some of the things that you've been seeing coming out of it, out of the research that you're doing, or even some different opportunities that you're having from doing the podcast? Oh, I think that's the part that ex- excites me the most is because like we start this podcast, like, yeah, we want to tell stories. We want to check out how to do podcasting. And then all these things come up. Joining Gable Media, I think, was one that we were like really excited and pumped about and getting invited to people's shows like this one and, you know, on like all the other podcasts that we've also been on to just tell our stories. We've gotten invited to speak at schools virtually, like a school or a group in South Africa, which was cool. A 
couple of weeks ago, Lizzie and I were able to go to the AILA Women in Architecture Conference to talk about our show. So that was the first time we did it in person. That's awesome. Uh, Norgity has spoke to her chapter, her AIA chapter about the podcast too. So, oh, highlight, biggest thing we've ever done, I think. We are in someone's syllabi, like in (laughs) university somewhere. (laughs) Some of our episodes are things that students have to listen to. Required listening. That's what we we were so excited. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, because that was the goal. That was the goal that we wanted to do. Like we wanted to make our ladies be as like well known as the men that we learned in history classes, right? Like we want Norma Scaleric and Julia Morgan to be like test questions that like people need to know. Not just as well known as Corbu. That's what we Yeah. Yeah. And Frank. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And then even like, so like scrolling through a lot of your episodes, I will say I was surprised also at how many women I didn't know. And also even just being like, Florence Knoll. I hadn't really thought about the fact that, you know, mm-hmm. Noel could have been a woman. Like, because seeing the yeah. brand was like, oh yeah, exactly. Everywhere. So that was also fascinating for me. Yeah. Uh, so just particularly in, for those who don't know, Noel's like interior furniture line, lots of mm-hmm. corporate America furniture mm-hmm. you, you've probably sat in or seen a knoll chair or sofa or anything mm-hmm. like that and she was a woman and that blows my mind yeah yeah and that one is yeah she in particular I found really fascinating we did her during our season of like power couples so it was like her and her husband who ran the business but she was really the driving force behind like the design and mm-hmm. like making it all happen and that kind of thing And that's always fun, too, to find out when it's like a couple that the woman is sort of the more famous one of the two, which I think was the case for her. But yeah, people that, yeah, just like different things that you sort of loosely know about, but then you realize like, oh, that's a woman behind all of that. And it's really, really cool to find out those stories. Yes. And I think the other one that stuck with me as well was like, oh, Lena Bobardi. Okay. I feel like she seemed to be a favorite. There were some shout outs a couple of different times for her. (laughs) Lena's my absolute favorite. I would do a whole season on Lena if I, if Jessica and Lizzie would let me. I think there would be some pushback. But when we were talking about things that blew our mind, something that blew my mind was when we learned, was it Lily Reich? Mm. Who was she? When we were doing Power Couples, Lily Reich was collaborating with Mies van der Rohe, right? Oh, no. Well... It wasn't the season of Power Couples, but she but she did was. collaborate with me. Yeah, that was, and she mm-hmm. she's the interior designer of the Barcelona Pavilion. Right. Yes. Oh. Have Barcelona ever heard chair. Of that before. Mm-hmm. And the Barcelona chair. So I'm sorry. I, I need to pause there uh-huh. for a minute yep. because mm-hmm. that blows yes. my mind. Take it. Because you <laughs> would think that Mies did everything by himself forever, just mm-hmm. him alone. Yes. Yep. What? Exactly. Yeah. No, she's behind a lot of that stuff. The Tugendot house also and like the Tugendot chair. Because she was a furniture designer and interior designer. She helped with all those projects that like you know and love from mm-hmm. Mies. And oh, no one hears anything from her at all. Thank you. Yep. very. Thank you all for elevating her story. Because my gosh, are you kidding me? Yes. Wow. There's a lot of stories like that, too. That just, yeah, it's it, it gets us excited that we're telling these stories. But it makes it so infuriating because it's like you're telling me I sat in a lecture hall learning mm-hmm. and drawing the same drawings that women were doing and then we talk about equity and diversity right. and inclusion blah blah and it's just yeah it, 
Yeah, there's a lot of those moments where, thank God for our editor, because while we're recording and telling these stories, we'll I know. go on a whole tangent about like <laughs> how mind-blowing it is. Yeah, definitely. When I, yeah, like Shandigar is another example where there's like mm-hmm. two women who were super involved with that project, but like you don't hear anything about them because Corbusier is like, Corbusier in particular, I feel like yes. where there's a lot of episodes that we have where like the women were like connected to Corbusier somehow and you've never heard of them. So mm-hmm. gosh. the more we oh do this gosh. show, the less we like Corbusier. Yes. yes. <laughs> Noted. Imagine earning continuing education credits while doing exactly what you're doing right now. Well, you can. Gable Media has revolutionized the way you earn your continuing education credits with a groundbreaking approach. Forget running around town and scouring the internet for credit-worthy courses. Fulfill your CE requirements effortlessly by listening to engaging podcasts just like the one you're listening to now. Our podcasts are designed to educate, entertain, and inspire, all in a user-friendly environment. But wait, there's more. Architects, Gable Media is also approved as an AIA Continuing Education Services provider. Upon completion, we handle everything. From reporting your hours directly to the AIA to storing your certificates in your personal Gable Media profile for your self-reporting needs. So follow the link in the show notes and start earning your credits in the most innovative and entertaining way possible with Gable Media. Want to learn more about the unknown ladies of architecture? Then I recommend you listen to She Builds Podcast where we tell the stories of remarkable women who have shaped the design and construction industries. Hi, I'm Jessica. I'm Nurjiti. And I'm Lizzie. After we graduated from Syracuse University School of Architecture, we set out to learn and share the untold stories of women that traditional school curriculum left out. One day, there's an announcement on campus that women had been seen wearing, quote, inappropriate clothing. Gasp. What the heck does that mean? Yeah, so it turns out that Ruth and her fellow classmates were these women. They had field classes where they're doing welding, forging, and foundry work. And obviously they have to wear jeans to those classes instead of like dresses or whatever else. While Gertie was in school, she wasn't just going to classes, trying to stay alive like some of us. I know that was me in school, just taking it day by day, but not Gertie. She became the president of Evigol, an honorary association of Cornell women architects. Of course she did. These are stories not taught in schools. Women who've molded the world of architecture, construction, and development for over a century. From Jane Jacobs to Ray Eames, She Builds Podcast explores the legacies of trailblazers. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform. Let's fill the gaps in history together. All you have to do is follow the link in the show notes and subscribe and be part of a movement to expand industry narratives. I can't say that I'm surprised, but that having the receipts to be like, oh no, listen, this is also why. Here's another one. Here's another example Mm -hmm. of a woman who didn't get her shine. Like, Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Oh. And like back to like the, the architecture school thing and be like, wait a second, what? How do we not know? I felt really right. very similarly mm-hmm. when I learned about Levittown's financing 
and the fact that Levittown, the only way that they could get financing mm-hmm. is if they said, yeah, we're not going to rent or lease to any African-Americans. And I was mm-hmm. like, that wasn't covered in architecture what? school. Like yeah, that's yeah. a whole Just thing. That Just, little detail. That little detail. Thousands mm-hmm. of families that were not allowed to get into that suburb just on race alone. And I was like, yeah. listen, yeah. this is not okay. And we should know about this more. So, yeah. Uh, uh, All yeah. the things. It's, <laughs> it, it, just, it becomes so much more. Because, yeah, that reminds me of one of our other ladies, Beverly Lorraine Green, who Norma Scalaric, people think that she's the first. And she is in a lot of ways. But Beverly Lorraine Green, I would argue, is also like, she started earlier and she worked on similar projects to Levittown, I think. And she was a black woman that was designing things that she could she could never sell. Yeah. Like live in or occupy. And it's it it yeah, it makes our story so much more richer. And it just it makes you sit there. Like I think in that p- episode in particular, like as I was researching, there's emotions coming through me. Just right. Like, yeah. yeah. Right. That one was heavy. Right. That one was heavy. And so I'm excited that we're alive in a time and a space where we have the tools to be able to share these stories and elevate them. Yes. So hopefully yes, future true. students who are listening to this require mm-hmm. listening. Yeah, <laughs> teachers talk to us more. <laughs> that way, it's like the next generation of designers, they, one, don't feel as disconnected if they do or feel mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't belong here because the history of this profession is telling me that there's no one who looks like me who's done anything in this profession or done anything of note in this profession, which is super false. Can, and you guys have the receipts for this. So yes, uh, <laughs> I'm so grateful that you all chose to also share the stories because you could have just been talking to each other at a happy hour and not be sharing this amazingness with the world. So I'm glad you pushed yes. And we share our resources, I should say, in our show notes because we kind of see it as like a springboard of like, Listen yeah. to the stories that we tell for them to keep researching if they want to learn more, because there's there's only so much you can put in a 30 minutes. And right. We talk a lot. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We try to keep our our show 30 minutes, conversational fun, but there is a mm-hmm. lot of information yeah. out there. Yeah. Well, should be inspired to learn more. That's what we hope that they're inspired yeah. to learn more. Yes. And I love all of that. And I'm also mm-hmm. impressed with just the the diversity of the women that you're showing, because I love that you're not keeping it just in America. You're not keeping it just mm-hmm. white women or women of color, like you're expanding the narrative of women in general, which is fantastic. And then in terms of women over, or rather non-American women, for the longest time, Zaha has been the one that is most well known mm-hmm. and comes to mind. Have you found any others that are like, oh yeah, people need to know this name as well? And that are top of mind. I know there's a bunch on, you've done a bunch of episodes, but just figured I'd ask if there's any top of mind. I mean, for me, it's Lena Bobardi. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> give, give a little snapshot of her amazingness. So she's amazing. So she, she's Italian born, but life took her to Brazil. And over there, she has such great projects. And she was all about connecting art and architecture to the people and the masses. And so one of my favorite projects is called Maspi, and it's this museum. Oh, I could go on forever, but it's elevated. And the way that she wanted to display the art, she didn't want it to be on walls. She wanted it to be inside of the space. So there's little pedestals where the lights, where the canvases are on, 
And so as people transverse the space and see the art, they become part of the art themselves. Oh, interesting. With like the, with the shadows and all that stuff? All of it. Yeah. Oh, so it's kind of like they're all together. Okay. And that's just one project. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yes. I w- I'm going to put some links to some of her work in the show notes. And also on Instagram, I'll go ahead and tag some of the favorites. I'll, I'll throw some in there. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. so it's episode... It. It's episode 38 and 39, because I love her so much, I did too. <laughs> and you did a charrette. Yeah, yeah. So she, did and like, and she, she wasn't kidding when she said she could do a whole season on Lena. Yeah, I really love did. It. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I think for me, what I'm thinking of, like, what are the other more recent ones? Someone, someone we did recently was Riva T. Kamath, who wasn't, mm. he's not that far in history and that kind of thing, but she was a an architect in India, and she was very focused on mud architecture and kind of re just taking away the stigma of mud architecture as being a a material that is used for underrepresented and like impoverished populations. I love that that. thing. And so she designed like really fancy resorts and houses, you know, out of mud and they're beautiful. And just, and the idea that mud is a sustainable resource that like everyone has everyone has mud and that kind of thing so how can we better utilize it and kind of take away this stigma that it has associated with it and I thought that was such a a really interesting and cool way to kind of promote that type of architecture yeah oh I love that one I'm gonna link to that one too that sounds awesome yeah I think if we're talking strictly architecture right I have to point out it's in our season of couples. It's a two-person episode. It's Aino and Elsa Alto. And I think I want to have their names out because, like, when, based on our earlier conversation, like, like the Barcelona Pavilion, like, we're not getting the whole story. So when I think of, like, who I want to be known, I want them to tell the full story of Alvar Alto. And Aina and Elsa, they're both his wives. Aina was first, and then she passed away, and then Elsa was when he remarried. But I think what's really great to know is that Alvar Otto, we know him as like this like architect that did all of these great buildings. He did a dormitory in the Harvard campus. But what you don't know is that it was Aino who designed the interior of that dormitory. Oh. So so yeah, there's that. What we also don't know is that or that they don't tell is that I know, I mean, I should say Alvar, he didn't do much. It was Ina and Elsa that like actually moved projects forward. So ask any architecture firm. It's the people that move projects forward that should be recognized. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really interesting episode, like big, like mind blowing moment, because even when Alvor passed away, his second wife, Elsa, was the one to move his projects to completion after he had passed. So it's like these women that are actually like moving the needle and they don't get the recognition that they deserve. Mm-hmm. And then I also want to do just like a little shout out to some of our other. We had a season where we did non-architects, but influenced the architecture profession. Oh, And I thought yeah. that was really good because like we have women that influence policies that we still use today. So like Frances Perkins, she was like a U.S. secretary that building codes fire codes things that are very pertinent to very important yes yeah Yeah. so and then 
Yeah, so we can go on and on. Florence Nightingale, people know her as this nurse. Right. She influenced healthcare architecture design. Really? Oh, yeah. Very she's much. very much a part of hospital design and like how she, we yeah, how we design that. hospitals today. Yeah. 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 And I think that's like, another thing I love about our show is, yeah, we're not limited to just architects. I mean, we do landscape architects, engineers, but honestly, anybody who influences the built environment. So like that season, we did, you know, some social workers, politicians, mm-hmm. anyone who can, you know, affect building design in some way or like yeah. donors for historic preservation, like anybody mm-hmm. applies and that kind of thing. Because I think there's lots of women who are doing things for the profession, even if they're not classically trained in architecture and that kind of thing yeah I love that so much and the way that you're expanding (laughs) oh my gosh this is amazing and so then what is the oh I'm just sorry I have a lot of thoughts right now (laughs) bear with me one second I get it (laughs) and so what are then basically trying to get a sense of like this is amazing and I'm excited that you're doing what you're doing so hopefully that's coming through I don't know if it if it is or not (laughs) I think that a lot of what we're doing, resi- like I was, we've been listening to your show and I think we're doing mm-hmm. a lot of the same things. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, And it, it sounds like, particularly with like, just making sure that we're getting more stories out there. And I think yes. one mm-hmm. of the things that I'm loving about your show is that you're helping to ground it more in the history of, of okay, these are the people who existed. Here's the story that, the story behind the story. And so and I'm, I'm excited about that in ways that I'm trying to not fangirl and nerd out on right now. <laughs> <laughs> but also it's I think it's so needed because the education and architectural history as much as I love history and preservation it felt very like what's the word hollow I was almost mm-hmm. kind of like this can't be all there is like I know that there are people that are missing from this narrative from the story yeah but like as a student not knowing the resources or not really knowing how to how to validate what you but the kind of the education that you feel like you're missing because like oh well no my professors and the in the history books say that these people didn't contribute then I guess they didn't and I guess I need to learn you know all these white dudes instead so I'm mm-hmm. loving that there are other ways to get the information out there to keep sharing more of the history and the full story that actually made things happen because otherwise if we're only going by what's in the history books and we're gonna be like oh that this isn't really what it was I do want to like piggyback on something Jessica was saying about our sources. We find all these things. I hope that our show makes people interested to learn more and to research more. Like I hope that someone writing their thesis is like, oh, I'm Mm going to go learn about this project and uncover the ladies that were doing that. And that's part of the way that will elevate these stories and find out even more because like Lizzie said, sometimes we have a hard time finding information on some of the women, but I don't doubt that the information exists. Right. It's Mm -hmm. just that we need people that actually know where to look and have the time and resource to do it, unlike us. Right. To to do it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. So it sounds like maybe a an intern, a research intern might be somewhere in the future for y'all at some point in time. Yes. (laughs) A I would translator. love that. Yeah, an intern, <laughs> a translator. We've even, like, if we know anyone that speaks to spirits, because sometimes the resources are so hard to find that we need to, like, have a reading to try to just talk to the ladies. Because that's the other thing, too. The questions that come up that's like, 
why did she do this? Why? Mm-hmm. Like, we just want to know more. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. like Julia Morgan was the was she mm-hmm. the first woman licensed in California? Yeah, yeah, right. She was amazing. She did so much work. Burned yeah. all of her drawings. When she retired, she was like, oh, any drawings oh, her retired. clients had, she was like, mm-hmm. they can keep those. But anything else, she was like, my buildings will speak for me. No, Julia. No, they won't, Julia. What are yeah. you doing? Document. Yeah. Document. I, um, yeah. Document. Dang. I know. Mm-hmm. We always talk about Julia. We're like, dang it, Julia. Come on. And that, that's a question we would have to ask her. Like, <laughs> wherever afterlife, if I see her. Like, yeah. Bye. Like, why? Why, Julia? What were you doing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So then in terms of this podcast, so you guys are, you look like you just wrapped up season six and going into mm-hmm. season seven. Do you have a theme already that you're able to share? Yes. It is a wild card. So it was, <laughs> it was my idea, even though I didn't remember that it was my idea. But the reasoning behind it was we've had this we have this ongoing list of ladies that we want to tell their stories. And like Nojidi had mentioned, we kind of structure our themes around a theme. And sometimes some of these ladies, they don't necessarily fit into that theme. So that's why wildcard. We were like, you know what? We just, we're dying to tell these women's stories and we need to find a way to do it. So hence wildcard season. I love it. That's what we're going to do. So it's really exciting. There was this one time we were doing a season on educators. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I found the, I, I'm pretty sure she's the first civil engineer, licensed civil engineer in Hawaii, first mm-hmm. woman licensed. And we go through the whole episode and it's really good and there's a lot of information, but Leslie's like, okay, when was she an educator? Like, when did she teach? And I was trying to like slip it in that she was like the facilities manager for the university. Mm-hmm. Got you. They, they didn't allow that story to make it in. <laughs> so that's one of the stories you'll be listening to on season stuff. <laughs> yeah. Because it was all like, like ready to go and everything. But I was like, I just, I mean, I feel bad making you write a new one, but yeah, I don't know. Right. But didn't it work out? Because that's how we got Lena Babardi to do twice or like to uh, be a two-parter. Probably. That's yeah. true. Yeah. You yeah. ended up writing that one as a two-parter. So it worked out. Yeah. <laughs> it worked out in the end. But yeah. So like her story. And it's a really great story. It is. Yeah. We were excited. We were like, no, Judy, it doesn't fit. It fits into the theme. Oh, I love how you're like, but she was at a university. It's like a facility. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, gotta say, them. I think we're we, I think we're pretty liberal with our like aims and like what qualifies. But that one was a little it was a little too far. It's a stretch. Yeah. OK, so we do have to mention that our episodes, they're structured as like two parts. Our first part, our majority is our stories that we tell based on a historical figure. But then the second half is a karyotid, which is in history class. It's a Greek or Greek style column or pillar that holds up a structure. So we use it as a way to highlight a woman today that's moving the profession forward. And it ties to our lady that we talked about. So that's kind of like our way of like giving the women the flowers so that they have time to smell it or 
they're alive to smell it or whatever the phrase is. But yeah, so that's what we really like to do as well. And then what's great that you're fangirling over us, but we're fangirling over you because you're actually a caryatid of ours on episode 58. I saw that and so, I was like, oh my gosh, are you serious? Like I was very, very flattered. No. I was very excited about it. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, because that's where we talked about preservation in Dorstuk and how, like, what that meant. So, like, where we think, me, when I think about historic preservation and we, I was thinking of, like, okay, well, who's doing that now that I know of? And top of mind, Nikita Reed. So, yeah. and you're, like, our Gable Media sister. So, we're, there like, we oh, go. perfect. Everything. And, and what's wild about that, that particular episode and that connection. So, when I used to work at the TEDA in Philadelphia, I got to work on the Duke Farms project a little bit. So it's kind of like up there. So I was like, wait a minute. This is, yeah, and y'all don't know that. Six. Yeah, I'm pretty much that even trying. That's amazing. Right? And yeah, and I love that project because they wanted to make it as sustainable as possible. And this was like 2010, 2000, no, 2009, 2010. So before mm-hmm. sustainability was as prominent mm-hmm. as it is today. And like the site visits, because it was, you know, this big farm and or farm is not the right word, complex. With lots of big buildings and conference centers and all that. But like we got to ride electric golf carts between the different Ooh. buildings in like 2009. I was like, see, this is dope. This, this My future car, I just needed to run on sunshine. That's that's what I needed to be. So anyways, I love that connection. And oh, then even so cool. knowing that Doris Duke of like the Duke family mm-hmm. and how Julian Abel was the black architect who designed most of Duke University, but couldn't actually walk inside mm-hmm. any of the buildings. So just kind of like all of those connections, loved all of it. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Links to amazing resources can be found in the episode's show notes. Special thanks to Sarah Gilberg for allowing me to use snippets of her song, Fireflies, from her debut album, Other People's Secrets, which by the way, is available wherever music is sold. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the show. And now that Tangible Remnants is part of the Gable Media Network, you can listen and subscribe to all network partner content at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. Until next time, remember that historic preservation is a present conversation with our past about our future. We don't inherit the earth from our parents, but we borrow it from our children. So let's make sure we're telling our inclusive history. I saw the first fireflies of summer And right then I thought of you Oh, I could see us catching them And setting them free Honey, that's what you do That's what you do to me I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? I'm I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. 
Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like, us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success.